Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change. Listen, for over a decade, Em and I have been fostering relationships with men and women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry. And it's through those relationships that Jesus Said Love was born. We figured it was time to talk about what this ministry has taught us and is still teaching us along the way. I promise it's going to be a place of conversation and story. And we hope you learn something new. Maybe you see something in a new way. Fun fact, you're going to hear music because Brett and I are musicians. Yep. We can't just talk. Nope. we got to sing and play too. We do. Here's the deal, guys. Our hope is that as you hear these stories, that you'll tap into your own story and that you'll be encouraged to live and love well like Jesus. Sup, Em. Well, hey. I'm excited about today, but i got to be honest, I am exhausted. Yeah. I am so tired, but it's like the good tired. I know. Like when you've just like left it all out there hmm. and you get up the next day and you're like, what happened? Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. Well, what did happen? We had a thing. <laughs> what did we have? We had a thing at our house. Mm-hmm. And I think the word is we had a ritual. We did. Mm-hmm. Now, out there in listening, Bill, if you're already thinking we're going down the witchcraft road and seance, <laughs> you would be oh. right at the beginning <laughs> if you saw everything, because oh. that's kind of what I thought at the very beginning. But you would also realize that it was probably one of the most holy things we've done. Absolutely. Perhaps next to our wedding. Mm, yeah. So we have Heather Stringer on the podcast today coming in from New York, which is hence Brett's attempt at New York accent. But she, Very poor at <laughs> Heather. She doesn't speak New York, though, because well, she's, she's from the West Coast. I know. Well, I don't. And Illinois and... and yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're I'm kinda, all over. Yeah. You're coast to coast, man. Yeah. Yeah, but they had the, you know, on the subway system, they had this recording that was the, the best. It was like this Bronx woman being like, we got this, New York. We got this. <laughs> yes. We got to do it. We got to wear the mask. We got this. And I'm yes. like, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. Yes. I'll wear my mask. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, so we invited Heather onto the show today because I actually invited her last night into a process of making a ritual for me, <clears throat> for me, excuse me, and a ritual is, and while I've had rituals in my life, and actually the past four years have recovered a lot of sacred rituals that have been a part of my day to day, there was something missing in terms of what I needed from my small community of witnesses in my life to my life. Um, as I feel like there are some creative projects, there are some areas where I'm still battling insecurities, where um, curses that have been spoken over my life, loyalties that I feel like I can't do this because then I can't mm-hmm. honor this. Um, and your practice of creating rituals for others to really engage God and engage themselves and engage community breaks that. It's like it these rituals are like a release. They're a ceremony. I mean, they're really a ceremony of becoming, of undoing, and then rebirth. At least that's the best way I know yeah. how. So Heather, welcome Thank again, because <laughs> I just spent hours with you last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell our listeners, first of all, who you are, how'd you get into this? Um, yeah. And what's the space you take up in the world? Okay. I am Heather Stringer, and um, I identify first as an artist, um, and then a mental health therapist, and lastly, a ritual maker. And my um, my work as an artist moved into first. It started as, as a, I was a painter, and I mm. and as a, a painter, I found myself so constrained by the canvas, mm. um, and I realized like there, there's something more physical about who I am, and so I happened to take a performance art class and one of the wildest, most naked Mm. classes I've ever been in. (laughs) Um, But it was this experience of, it wasn't theater, it was was, um, non-theatrical using the body, space, and time. And we were doing these practices where you would have an idea and then you would allow your body to express it. Uh, And 
during that class, I realized this is this is what I'm meant for. Like, mm. there's something about the physicality. There's something about using the body as the as, as the canvas that opened me up to a different way of expression um, that felt more authentic, uh, and that I think brought the audience into more of a relationship versus just looking at the art and you kind of doing what you want to it. When you have a live body doing something, you have to engage in a different way. You have to be present to mm. how it's impacting you, and so. Um, that, that moved me into then the mental health space where I also really wanted to work with people. I really wanted to understand like, what does it mean to enter stories and to help people find healing, um, that isn't just prayer and that isn't just, um, a coffee date, but there was something about stepping into people's lives in the nitty gritty, um, dirt of people's lives that I really wanted to get close to as well. And so those two, the, the art practice of performance art and then um, learning more about how to engage story led me into this moment with a woman who contacted me and she said, I, I heard that you might be a good person to, to consult with around curating my birthday. And I said, sure, I'd love, to, I'd love to talk with you. And so we stepped into her story and she said, this birthday is unlike other, any other birthday I've been doing a lot of personal work and I'm stepping into more of my femininity. Um, I've identified as an athlete all my life mm-hmm. and I never had kind of the, the guidance into what does it mean for me to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she said, I really want to mark this in a different way. And I, I, it's not, I don't want to, I don't want to do a coffee date. I don't want to just have a party. Mm-hmm. Like I need something that's actually meaningful. And so I sat down and heard kind of all the different stories that have led her up to this moment. And um, and I realized uh, after meeting with her, we need to do um, something that has to involve symbols and food and we need to taste and we mm. need to experience her journey of what it's meant for her to be um, here at this point in her life. And so um, we did this birthday thing. I didn't know what to call it at the moment. <laughs> it was just this thing. But I saw her being witnessed um, in such profound ways and for her to really embody this new, um, season in her life. And it was again, like a really holy moment. And I walked away being like, what the hell was that? (laughs) And I don't know when the word dawned on me. Um, I honestly don't know. And it, it, it might've been, like I was thinking about the Seder meal Mm -hmm. for her. Um, cause that's part of what we did. We kind of moved through her journey through food and and senses and Mm -hmm. storytelling. Um, but it, it, at some point dawned on me that this is a ritual. And so mm-hmm. it was this beautiful synthesis of mm-hmm. my performance art and getting people into their bodies mm-hmm. and being able to express in a way that's not civil. Yeah. <laughs> so and, wait, I, okay. yeah. I have a question. Okay. So if you've listened to our uh, series on uh, abuse, um, you will have heard from a character named Jay Stringer. Yeah. And... Heather happens to be married to That's him. That's correct. Just happens. Just yeah. happens to be married to him. So it kind of worked out that way. So, Emily, how did y'all connect? Did y'all connect because of our connection with Jay? Like, how did y'all? How would you even know to pick up the phone to call Heather Stringer to say, "Hey, will you come? Yeah, do a ritual." Well, Jay gave. Um, the interview with Jay gave me permission to reach out, but I was actually already following Heather. Oh. I was already following her on Instagram and was really intrigued. And I think I was following Heather because some of the Allender Center peeps, like you came up as a comment. I don't know. It yeah. gives you people that yeah. you might like to. And I was like, life and ritual. That's really interesting. Who's this? And then I was like, oh, you're married to Jay Stringer, who I already knew about. Um, and so then when we talked to Jay at the end of the conversation, I was like, now tell me about Heather, you know? <laughs> and he goes, well, I've seen nothing short of miracles by the work that she does. I mean, she's a healer. And I was like, hey, Heather. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> two seconds later, it doesn't take me much time when I know something's mm-hmm. good and I know something's true then, and I know I need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took me no time to just message you. The cool connection is that one of your posts I had seen connected you with Waco. Oh, yeah. At the same time yeah. that we were here. I had just right. 
graduated, we were still around Waco, and you were for two and a half years about an art major, I guess, or, or no, what were you? I was entrepreneurship. Entrepreneur. With a minor okay, in cool. Stewart. Yeah, I know. Look at you there. I, yeah, but, you know, accounting is hard. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, got out of that real quick. Yeah, and all, thank God, not all entrepreneurship endeavors uh, are accounting endeavors. It's true. It's <laughs> so, true. But it was, it scared me enough to be like, Yeah, Bye. I can't do it. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of been a really cool reconnection point to have you back here in Waco and recovering Mm -hmm. just some of those. I mean, that's just wild to me that there was that connection that I never knew about. Um, can you, so we've kind of talked loosely, but what is, what is a ritual? Yeah. Oh, that is a great question. I feel I have a different definition probably every week. So tell us what we think of as ritual. We think of, I mean, I think often people will think of like the Catholic mass mm-hmm. um, or um, taking Eucharist. Uh, and those are all, I mean, liturgy, that's a ritual. Um, and, and some of the, you know, within Eastern Orthodox Christianity, there's some incredibly beautiful rituals that happen. You know, during Easter, I, I took my son to their like all night ritual, mm. um, and it was it was beautiful um, and and tiresome. And mm. um, but there was something of again, kind of being ushered into this this space that is unlike regular life, mm-hmm. um, ordinary life. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we all have our own rituals, whether we're conscious of them or not. Um, so we have certain things that we do to help soothe us, um, to help us get through our day or the way that we, um, take baths certain times of the week mm-hmm. or, um, the way that we get dressed. Like there, there's certain small things that I think help us orient. And that, I think that's probably one of the, one of the facets of ritual making is that it orients us to a time. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at nature, you know, the seasons of, of, of nature where we know when the light starts getting mm-hmm. a little more golden and there's a little more coolness mm-hmm. and, and the leaves are changing. We know, okay, this is the time that we're in. We're in fall. Um, and what does fall mean? You know, what does fall hold for you? Um, and, and I think that's an important piece is that rituals are empty unless they're infused with meaning and context. So, mm-hmm. you know, for some pers- some people, fall would... Um, provoke memories of death, you know, mm-hmm. losing a loved one. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's, it has a certain kind of tenor to it and a certain kind of ache. Uh, and so how do you then honor that? Because I think we don't have very many practices, especially as, you know, white America, we mm-hmm. don't have very many practices that help us orient. Are there other, in generations past, do you think are there other groups that you look at? <clears throat> Are there other time periods you look at and you think these were cultures, these were these were times steeped in ritual making? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's... And do you mean just anywhere in the world? Sure. Yeah. However, um, yeah, however yeah. you want to answer that. I mean, I think, I'm, I mean, I think people who have a cohesive identity, mm. they have those rituals. I mean, so the Jewish and Jewish people, I mean, there's mm. something, they are so steeped in, mm. in ritual making. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many, I mean, I think across Africa, there's, there's a, a tribe in West Africa and they're known for their grief rituals mm. where they, um, they have kind of a whole system in place when someone loses a loved one. And they have the mourners, the people who were most connected, most um, intimately connected to the loved one that that di- that died, and then they have the musicians, mm. and they have then the containers, and so it's mm. this process of the musicians are attuned to the mourners, and the and they help guide the mourning, mm. and then the containers are kind of around the perimeter watching them to make sure that they're okay, mm. um, so that then the mourners can really give their full expression, mm. but not to a place where they're re-traumatizing themselves, right? Yeah. Um, so they have people who will step in and, and hold or, mm. um, you know, and interject in, in some form. Mm. And so I think, I mean, there's there's something of, there's there's places. I mean, Native I think, American culture. Oh, for sure. Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so across, it's it's part of what it means to be human. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's... it's and have we, have we in Western, especially Western American life, when did... How did, I don't know, it stop? Mm-hmm. I mean, or, yeah. you know, I don't know. Was there a loss and now we're, we're trying to recover? Or have we 
never had it mm-hmm. in the first place as a kind of this Anglo-Saxon for white mm-hmm. Americans. Um, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it feels it, it feels benign in some ways. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that. But I, I'm sitting here thinking it. Um, why do we automatically, or at least me, and I'm sure a lot of other people do, when we hear the word ritual, we automatically think, oh, seance or mm-hmm. witchcraft, or why, why do we automatically go that route versus I hear the word ritual and I go, oh, Eucharist, or... Mm. Wedding. Wedding, mm-hmm. or, you know, turn the light on 10 times before I leave. You know, mm-hmm. what, I don't think that. So why, why have we given... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, mm-hmm. Why have we given the occult... Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just the evangelical Ownership? Baptist boy I mean, in me. Yeah. Well, here, I mean, I think here's the thing. I think when you when you look at you know people who are practicing um, the occult, uh, they're they're tapping into something. Mm-hmm. They're tapping into the body. They're tapping into mm-hmm. nature. They're mm-hmm. tapping into a certain a certain kind of embodiment mm-hmm. that I think is is actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think within white evangelicalism, there's such a disembodiment. Totally. And, and there's something about the like the the privatization of what it means to be in relationship with God and, and the earth. And the earth, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's been such a separation. And you know, I think even considering my parents' generation where their focus has been like heaven, you know. Yeah, like, we talk what, about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we're just we got to get to the other place, and so there has been such a division around yeah. body, earth, yeah, um, and and really knowing that these are these are the rhythms of God. Mm. So I think there's something something important about what people are after. I think ultimately, so yeah. When you said that, I just had kind of this revelation of wow, 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 because our culture specifically even, um, in the Protestant, you know, culture reformation that the, the soul and spirit has to be recovered and good, but the body is bad Mm -hmm. and therefore we're disembodied. And, and I think in some of the Catholic traditions, especially when we look at St. Francis of Assisi and even uh, St. Benedict or Franciscan, you know, ways, there is a connection to nature. Mm-hmm. There is a connection with ritual making that is really embodied. Yeah. Um, but somewhere along the way, <clears throat> we began to say, you know, bodies are for consumption and they're bad. And so it gave us that theology gave us then permission to devalue other people's bodies. Mm -hmm. It gave us so much permission as, you know, conquerors to enslave. Yeah. Um, You know, it gave us so much permission to steal land and to rape and to assault um, women. And so it's interesting to me that if our if our theology is is so disembodied mm-hmm. then our practices mm-hmm. can't ever oh yeah become what they're made to be yeah you yeah. know yeah yeah definitely yeah well and there's this um i did kind of a ritual performance art piece once when i was i was having to I, my church that um we have just left because we moved um away from seattle but they would let me preach through performance art. Mm. And so there was this one passage in First Corinthians, I think, where it's, it's Paul talking about, you know, like, don't drink, don't have sex, you know, all mm-hmm. these, like, prohibitions. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you really study it, there's this, there's this place where he's, he's contending with those who were just indulging, indulging, indulging. And calling it freedom, but yeah. really they were enslaved. Yeah. Or there were the, more the Gnostics who mm-hmm. were saying, like nothing the bo- matters. The body yeah. is—it doesn't matter. The body doesn't matter. And there's this little, this little line that is so profound to me. Uh, and actually, Jay, I think pointed it out, and I was like, oh, I have to run with this. Mm-hmm. But it was the Lord is for your body, wow. and your body is for the Lord. But I think wow. the emphasis has always been your body body's for, for the, the Lord. Lord. And then with the, all the prohibitions, but the wow. first, the first statement is the Lord is for your body. And that to me, I mean, to think about every part of my body, God mm. is for, you know, every mm. single cell, um, yeah. God is for. 
and that I think that's that's part of what we need to revive, and mm. part of what I think the feminine mm-hmm. um, is is speaks to mm-hmm. with where or in what women speak to, like they mm-hmm. know what it means to be um, in childbirth, they know mm-hmm. what it means to be in these rhythms that they don't have a choice really. You yeah. know, when we menstruate, we don't have a choice, right? Um, and so it's either to be against it or to mm-hmm. learn how to be in communion with it. And I think wow. there's more and more as we are revering the earth more and rever- revering women more, there's there's more of, the, there's a wisdom there that I think is mm. so important to pay attention mm. to. And so when we're closer to those rhythms, um, we're I think there's something about we're closer to God's rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and with that comes ritual making. Yeah. Um, take us into one of the most, like, I don't know, a standout ritual that you've kind of been a part of where you, I mean, you shared with us the one story of the birthday, but is there one where you could just take us into a little bit of, of a practice that you were like, Oh, this is hitting on something. Mm -hmm. This needs to be a tool I can use to help. I'm sure there's a lot of tools that you learned as a therapist, Mm -hmm. um, that you bring into ritual making, but is there something that was just kind of out there that you, discovered and hmm that's a good question I mean this uh, uh, a couple of things I think we underestimate the power of witness Mm. so that has been a standout to me is just what it means to witness someone being vulnerable and taking a risk on behalf of their life Mm. Uh, and and for people to be really present too I think we we know how to be quasi-present to each other and quasi-witnessing of, a, a of each other. But I think to really say this space is set apart and this space is holy, it calls forth something in people. And I witnessed it last night. I mean, there's something of the way, the posture of mm. the people that gathered around you mm. um, and that they were for you. And there's something of a clearing out of noise. Mm. I think they're, not, they're thinking not so much about, you know, what they have to get done tomorrow or... It's just there's a there's a closing in, um, and so I think there's something really important and, and needed in terms of what it means to be witnessed. Mm. So there's that, and then I think there was one one ritual where a woman had a lot of birth trauma from her first child, and she was pregnant with her second, and uh, she didn't really want to think about giving birth. And I asked her, I was like, "Have you thought? Have you been?" You know, mm-hmm. what are you what are you preparing for? And she said, Heather, I'm not really I don't really want to look at it. And I said, Well, let me come alongside you. Yeah. <laughs> let's look at let's look at it because there's just there's there's something to move through, to work through, to uh, attend to. And so one of the things that she um I had her do is that with with her community and her husband around her, um, we um touched her from you know on her left side and her right side, you know, doing a little bit of like an EMDR. Um, to help her mind open up. And, and then she slowly untied knots um, and spoke to each fear. Mm. Uh, and so I think, again, I think there's a, there's power in naming. Mm-hmm. Um, there's power in naming within community. Mm. And I think there's even more power when there's a physical action done. Mm-hmm. So again, it, it doesn't, it can be, you know, contextual to your life with what is it that you're having to look at. Yeah. But it feels overwhelming to do it alone yeah. and overwhelming to do it without some kind of form. Yeah. Uh, so that, I mean, I think that's one example. The untying of the knots reminds me of um, generations past. So I learned my, my great grandmother crocheted mm. and she never taught me how to crochet, but I have like her stocking on the top of my tree that she made. And, um, and I always wished I would have learned from her. So my 30th birthday, I was like, you know, I'm going to learn how to crochet <laughs> And I'm going to learn how to play the guitar. Those were just two goals that I had that I wanted to learn. And as I learned how to crochet, it reminded me, I started getting into this like knitting world and these knitting circles that women throughout the generations past would, you know, just that physicality of talking about the day to day Mm -hmm. while your hand was creating something beautiful to even though it feels like utilitarian, like I'm making a blanket so that we can use it and it's productive. But the act of hooking mm. and the act of mm. knitting and the act of stitching, 
um, in the context of talking about really painful things in a group of witness, that's what that reminds me of, you know, and we wouldn't have called that Mm -hmm. a ritualistic Mm -hmm. circle. Mm-hmm. who'd say come to knitting group, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. but those things are really meaningful. And I just yeah. think, man, if we called into presence, what mm. these actions really were, I feel like our whole, our eyes would change, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just what we mm-hmm. see would be yeah. so different. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love the untying of the knots yeah. as a way to unlock fear. Yeah you know, and create space. I think that's one of the things last night for me, you know, I think I spoke to this. If not, I thought it, but I, I, you were like, how do you feel? Yeah. I spoke to it because you asked me, you're like, how do you feel? And I said, I feel like I have space Mm -hmm. because earlier that day and leading up to this, I had felt so constricted, like panicked and anticipatory and not in a good way, but like scary way. And moving through the first part of the ritual um, was so meaningful. And and then I just sensed, oh, there's like a green pasture here. Mm. Like this was scary, but this green pasture is waiting on the other side for Mm. me to just breathe. Yeah. Like graze, breathe. Yeah. You're safe. Yeah. You're seen and you're loved. And yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's so spacious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you helped, yeah. you helped create that. Yeah. Brett, were you terrified? <laughs> uh, that's one word for it. No, I, I, when you said you wanted to do this, I was like, what? You want to do what? What is this? And so then I was like, all right, let's go. Whatever that means. And so, you know, I like to know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Some would call that control. I I just (laughs) call it being informed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then I was happy to know that I was going to hear from Heather in some form or fashion. So we got an email and said a couple things. I was like, okay, but it's still very vague. (laughs) Yeah, I like to be vague. (laughs) And so then we talked on the phone and it was still like I hung up and was like, I still don't know what the hell is about to happen. And but I'm but I'm along for the ride. Let's yeah. do this. Let's do this because I know this was very very important to you. Yeah. And so I wanted it to be very important to me as well. In that, and so I don't know. Yesterday, I did have a little bit of. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. I was just like, how's this going to go? And then you just had like wall after wall after yeah. wall after wall come against you, and mm. I'm like, God, we need to stop these distractions. Like, mm-hmm. Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bring some peace, please, for the love. And um, I mean, even all the way up until oh, up in the last minute, the, the last, last minute. Hour I mean, with drama, just yeah. yeah. It mm-hmm. it did feel like, like Heather said, that space between trauma and warfare. Mm-hmm. And these rituals, really, when you are asking for freedom, that from or to cert- certain things. Um, And it does seem as though, you know, it's like ask and you shall receive, you know, seek and you shall find. And so that sounds really great. Like, yeah, I'm going to find what I'm looking for. But what we don't, what it doesn't say is the Mm in-between of what finding actually Mm -hmm. means. Like you are in the trenches of your soul Mm -hmm. and anybody who's done any therapy or EMDR or anything, you know that recovering the gold, mm-hmm. like recovering the goodness that you are is treacherous. Yeah. So oh, yeah. how do you as a ritual maker, I mean, that's one of the things that my friends, you know, I think Matt was the one who asked it, but he was like, do you, how many times do you do this? Because this feels really hard. Mm-hmm. Does it get easier or... I mean, you are in, you're like a doula. You're, you're mm-hmm. like in the birthing room. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I going in, even thinking about yesterday, I mean, there was a part of me that was like, you know, I had some trepidation. Yeah. Always. And I think, again, I think if I didn't have trepidation, I would be worried about my ego. Yes. <laughs> mm. um, I think it keeps me, it keeps me in check. 
mm. and and reliant on like the spirit of God who is far more creative and far more on your behalf than mm. I could ever be or even your husband and friends mm-hmm. and so um so there is something about oh here we go you know here we go and you know part of me would fantasize I can't wait till Tuesday morning what am I gonna do Tuesday morning <laughs> um, I'm gonna turn on the TV and just check out you know yes like, I know I'm in a I'm, a, I'm in my own personal struggle of yeah. how do I and I, and this I think this speaks to just the cost of being present in general mm. to one another and mm-hmm. to our own lives is that it is it is such a struggle and I think it's so it makes so much, much, so much sense to just check out or just mm. to move away. Like I get it. I mean, it's yeah. just, it really is hard to remain. Um, and yet when I have remained, what I get to see and bear witness to is so sweet. Mm. And so, I mean, it, it, it has a certain nourishment. Mm-hmm. So I walk away feeling so nourished so hopeful um, for what is possible Mm. with people with communities Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that's it's actually it really it rejuvenates me and I'm ready to go again Um, what I what I loved was um, uh, there was a quiet confidence about you from the moment you got to the house and it wasn't overbearing it was just you knew what you were going to do and you set the space and I mean, that's vulnerable because it really could have gone, like, if the guys in the room were not dialed in, I mean, we could have really hijacked that thing (laughs) and made it really just, you know, if you just blow something off, I mean, that could be, it's like even when we go to lead worship, babe, it's like we're we're bringing a vulnerable space to a group of people that may or may not respond to what we put before them. Mm -hmm. And we've had moments where they've not responded in ways Mm -hmm. that we felt would Mm -hmm. be cool. And so... I, I see the risk that you stepped into last night. And mm-hmm. like from the moment we started, it was like, okay, she's in control, but it's not, you're not telling us what to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. There were so many check-ins. There were yeah. so many check-ins and there were so like, we were all like, well, what do we do here? And you were like, whatever. We can what do this you? or we could do that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I appreciated that. It was like, it was a last night could never be recreated again. Right. No. Mm-hmm. Like it was its own mm-hmm. thing in that moment, and it will never happen like that again. Even if we tried to do it again tonight, it so, would probably happen differently. Which leads me to my next question. With every ritual that you make, um, is there a foundation or a formula, or do you dream up something new every time? almost something new every time. Uh, I think, I think some things have a similar feel to it Mm -hmm. or, you know, the, the kind of the makeshift EMDR of having Mm -hmm. community, um, Mm. touch you from left to right, left to right as you're releasing or taking Mm -hmm. in. That's something I use Mm -hmm. every time, but I love, I mean, this is why this is art making for me where I get to encounter a, a, a new person and their stories, and I get to to again bear witness and um, and to see what comes. Mm. So yeah, I don't have a formula. I mean, I, I do. I I think if there's any kind of formula, there is something of you have to remember your past. Mm-hmm. You have to speak to what is currently happening, um, and we have to have space for what is to come. Mm. Um, so that gets infused then by the person in their mm-hmm. life. Um, so it does, it, there is a looseness that I try and hold. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, I, I think often people underestimate their, their intuition mm. and how to engage and be present. And so last night I saw these moments of, uh, you know, different men had something to say or, mm-hmm. or had like a reflection that they needed to mm-hmm. give. And it was so beautiful Gosh. and it was so fitting. Yeah. Um, and for your face to be called out and mm-hmm. for your face to be, mm-hmm. um, um, seen and, for you then to know, oh, the shift happened for me mm-hmm. here, and and people saw it. Uh, mm-hmm. It just brings everything more real. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is there anyone or any time where you would kind of do an inquiry call, and you would say, "Yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> that my services will be best used there." <laughs> like, have you it's had like, to turn people down? You're a little shallow. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I've never turned. Anyone down? No. Um, and uh, but I think there is. 
I have to be, I need to be aware of what, at what point, at what juncture is this person in their mm-hmm. life? Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I need to be, I, I need to be honoring of where have they, where have they come from? Um, and what is, what are they needing to, to do or mm-hmm. to, um, experience in order to go into the next mm-hmm. phase of their life? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I think there's, there's not, there's not a, a you're qualified, you're not qualified. I think there's, there's, it's more of a question of where are you? Yeah. And that, I think that again, that's like a, a pretty fundamental question to ritual making is yeah. where are you Yeah. and what needs to happen? What, Have you ever done these for teenage girls or, or guys? I have just that not. transition into I would love to. I, I think, think that's that huge. Could be yeah. really cool. Yeah. Well, I've thought about that often because I think, I mean, I have so many. As I sit with my clients, um, female clients, they there's just so many stories of their mothers not preparing them, yeah, um, for what was happening with their bodies, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, sudden like there's there's sudden changes um, where. Um, the, like the way that the dad is interacting with Mm -hmm. his daughter shifts, Mm -hmm. but there's no conversation about it. Um, and so there is something about, we need those practices in order to, I think for the, for the mothers to be held accountable, like what have you done with your body? What have you Mm -hmm. done with your own, um, menstruation? And, Mm -hmm. and, and so that way it becomes this place of, of bonding, but also of how do you release your daughter? Yeah. How do you prepare yourself to release her into the fullness of what it means mm-hmm. to be a woman? And similarly for for um, mm-hmm. teenage boys, I mm-hmm. mean, I forget how many how much testosterone gets like poured into their bodies mm-hmm. at a certain age. Interesting. But I mean, they're they're you know they need dump. They, it's a huge dump, and they yeah. need to know what to do with that dump yeah. <laughs> versus yeah. being vulnerable to uh, the yes. world around them. And that I think that's the other piece around around why it's important to ri- make rituals is because. It helps us. It helps us know. Um, it helps us give us. It gives meaning yeah. um, and guidance to what does it mean to be in this world versus being very susceptible to yeah. culture or what their friends are saying. Or uh-huh. like it would be just so lovely if our kids could come out and say, "I know what to do with my body here, and mm-hmm. I, I like what I'm doing with my body here." Uh-huh. Um, instead of feeling this this pressure to mm-hmm. conform in some sort of way. Right. Um, so. That's wow. my little, that's my little tangent around yeah, I, I mean, teenagers. Yeah. And I don't know, again, maybe there are ancient cultures we could pull from to look. I, I feel like there are, I feel like there are, especially yeah. tribal cultures yeah. who, you know, who did ceremonially. Now, some of it was assaulting. Yeah. Right. I know that some, you know, rites of passage and rituals were assaulting of the, of the woman's body. Um, but man, what, what a reclamation reclamation yeah uh, to to yeah. take that back yeah. in community yeah i do gosh, you do you notice every episode there's always a moment where you say a word that you aren't sure that it's a word <clears throat> no that doesn't surprise me though i'm just i'm just now noticing it it's like there, you almost reclamate uh, there was one last <laughs> time. I, I make. I also make up yeah. my own vocabulary. I think that's cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so Have cute. you it's cute. ever had a ritual <sighs> where you've had to stop it? <laughs> Just stop it. Mm, no, not really. Uh, I've had. I've had few where I could tell the the person was dissociating. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I've had to pause and and reorient them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, uh, that's, I mean, I feel pretty comfortable in helping them mm-hmm. come back to yeah. their body and what's happening. Yeah. Well, there's the value of you being a trained therapist yeah. that you bring to the table. Right. You're not, not walking, you're not walking you're just, into this. Hey, let's go make some art at your emotional <laughs> And expense. I'm going to traumatize people because <laughs> yeah. it really could be. Oh, for sure. I mean, what you're asking for people to recover in that ritual and then to, to walk through and then become, is like, yeah. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I we think had someone. Your, your mailbox has something to say. Oh show my us. goodness! What is it? I I just hit we it. have a special delivery. Well, you know what? I was tinkering with them earlier because oh, I was like, "What is so this?" So it's your fault. It's Thanks. my fault. Yeah. You just come into somebody else's space <laughs> and, and just tinker. start messing with things. I know. Tinker. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great word too. Tinker. Tinker. That's something. That that thing. That metal thing uh-huh. is. Is it? You tinker with that. That's yeah, true. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Tinker toy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yes. Well, yeah, you're not walking into this blindly yeah. and you're not, you're definitely not asking people to be re-traumatized yeah. Yeah. and you are very attuned and very aware of that. So it, it does feel comfortable and so much permission given to, mm-hmm. um, whoever is not in the hot seat because that's like a terrible illustration, but whoever's yeah. in the middle of the circle, it's whoever's seat. the, it's pretty warm, it's pretty warm, <laughs> pretty warm there. Um, to to guide or say, mm-hmm. hey, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I mean, I think I think part of the way that I distinguish um, ritual making from I think what maybe so many of us have experienced, where we do communion and it feels like the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Where you know, I think the way that I experienced communion for such a long time was I needed to be kind of my my face needed to be in my sin, and mm-hmm. I needed to just like you know, almost push my face in it so that then I'd be ready to take the, the, the wine and the bread, um, and, and to be able to feel the atonement. Mm. Um, and that, that to me is, 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 you know, when we are kind of coercing ourselves into something Mm -hmm. like there, we're losing, Mm. um, our heart and soul in those moments. Mm. And so when I had, I had, um, communion in the small church that we started in Seattle and it was, we broke the bread together and, and served each other the wine mm-hmm. and the bread mm-hmm. in a circle. And it was this really sweet moment of, Oh my gosh, this is what it's meant for. Like this yeah. is God coming towards me, not me having to look at my sin and kind of push myself in it in order mm-hmm. to then be prepared to take communion. But rather it was this beautiful freeing act of, I get to not even have to move. But people are moving towards me as wow. a representation of of God mm. coming towards us, and so that to me, I, I think when rituals are where you're having to coerce yourself and you're not really being attuned to where is your soul here mm. and what's happening, then I think they become they come they become controlling and they become dangerous. Mm. Uh-huh. What are this is going to be a really interesting question okay. that I just came up with? But um, <laughs> what are five? Either resources, books, mm. albums, podcasts, um, five resources that you just kind of dream with, you go to, they don't have to have anything to do with rituals, Okay, but okay. they're just inspiring. You're like, I know if I'm needing mm-hmm. help, mm-hmm. I, I can those. listen to this. Okay. I can learn from this. Yeah. So okay. what are those? I'm going to, I'm going to try and, and get five. Let's see the first. Oh, I had another thought that mm. came to me before the other one. Let's mm-hmm. see. Well, I'll just go with this one for now. Um, there is this documentary called Pina mm-hmm. and it is based off of the choreographer. Uh, I forget where she's from. So I think maybe Eastern Europe. Um, she's since died or has passed on, but, um, she they recreated all of her all of her choreography and her choreography was more pedestrian mm. but they employed all of her dancers across many many years so you have these 80 year old men and women wow. redoing these pieces wow. um and it is it is it is so beautiful mm. um and her work is very earthy her work is very elemental and so I, I love watching that. That's mm. a that's a really um, oh it's just so honoring to the human body, yeah, um, and to the experience of what it means to be human, but in dance form. Okay. So I go to that. Um, Marina Abramovich. Mm-hmm. She is um, a performance artist, and she uh, she did the piece at MoMA um, in New York City, where she sat um, every day during the gallery or during the opening hours, and people got to just. Um, come and uh-huh. sit in front of her uh-huh. and she figured out a way to just to not have to go pee to not have to move but she'd sit eight hours every day for I think three months and people would just get to to sit across from her and it was look at her just, yeah and and yeah. her look at, at them. them yeah it's and called, that's yeah, yeah. and it's called the artist is present and there's a documentary mm-hmm. on that uh, her memoir is really really lovely okay. too uh so that's two uh, let's see what else do I have I you know there have there's there are not a lot of books I have found Is to be helpful around ritual making yeah I love David White okay poetry yeah David White his consolations mm. 
is one of my favorites. Uh, and he, yeah, he's from Scotland and mm. he kind of has this brooding, he's just, he's poetic and, mm. um, and sees right through mm-hmm. to the soul, mm. um, and can name it really well mm. without naming it, mm. <laughs> which is just a gift. Cause that's three. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do I have? Is there ever, is there a Spotify station? Is there mm. music? Is there something? Oh, Max Richter. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite composers. Uh, let's see what else, uh, music wise, Sophie Hutchins. Mm. She's also a composer and singer. Uh, what else do I have? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. That's fine. Okay. Oh, that's you fine. did it. I feel like there's something else lingering there. Well, I uh-huh. would say um, "Women Who Run with the Wolves" mm-hmm. is is a is a great resource. Mm. It's um, she's a union psychologist and she's a storyteller and uh, and she just interacts with these stories mm. um, that have been in all different kinds of cultures for many many years and then she tells it through. What does it mean to? Um, be in touch with the feminine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, that might be a little more out there for your audience, but mm. it's, it's really, it's, it's hearty. Is yeah, it safe? Is it safe to say Heather that you might identify as a four on the Enneagram? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can't tell. Yes. I, I don't even, I don't, I don't know. I don't do that stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like to be pigeonholed. Okay. So, <laughs> so pigeonholed. Thank you. Thank you for answering the question that way. That's you, perfectly she beautiful. Sound, she just speaking of thespian in performance art, she just sounded like Kristen Wiig. Yes. The oh, target lady. Target. Did, the target oh, no, lady. No, it was more like, um, the one upper. Oh no, no, not the target was, lady. The, so I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I mean, yes. yeah, the one upper. Yes, I don't, I don't, yeah, don't, don't target me. Please. Yeah. No, I don't. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's so good. She's Where so is she? I know. Why did she leave? Us? Is she? Come she didn't back. leave. Come I know. Back. I know. She needs to come back to us. Yeah, she does. She really does. Mm. I know. There, there will probably be a renaissance after we get through this 2020. Emily Mills, I have a question for you. Yeah. How do you feel today, having gone through last night? I feel good. I didn't get the amount of rest that I wanted, but I do feel rested. If that makes sense. So, like, the alarm clock went off, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I could sleep for another two hours. Um, Because, I mean, part of what you gifted me with was this entrance into rest, like, deep, deep rest. And I I felt like I got it. (laughs) I feel like I went to bed very well rested. Um, And then, you know, I think today I feel... um, I feel like I have probably more permission to dream again. Mm -hmm. And that feels really exciting. Mm -hmm. So I feel very energized. Mm -hmm. Um, If I am not careful, I can get stuck into, but how's this going to all play out? Mm -hmm. But, but what is the cost going to be? And, you know, if I don't, then who all that kind of bullshit, honestly, it's, it's a lot of bullshit. And I think for, people like me who are geared toward doing but born from dreaming mm-hmm. um it's attention that i live with on the regular like knowing that my soul is creative mm-hmm. but my hands are industrious mm-hmm. um and i think that's a gift mm-hmm. i have capacity to do a lot of things but the cost, if I just do and don't dream, then I lose my beginning, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I lose who I am. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of people like me, I feel like out there who are yeah. in the line of work that we're in, um, working heavy with trauma. Um, so I think I have permission today to just, to dream again, to rethink like, you know, I'm not an imposter in this space. I'm different, but I'm not an imposter. Yeah. I just move in a different way. Mm -hmm. And like, so what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, we don't need 101 carbon cutouts of the same recipe and formula. So I think you you helped give me, I think the ritual gave me a lot of blessing, a lot of permission to dream again, to rethink. Um, Yeah. And, and it's, it's good. Mm-hmm. I'm excited today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also love that you chose for part of my ritual, bigger. 
by Beyonce. <laughs> um, you know, I Beyonce has been near and dear to my heart through my early adulthood, like, you know, mm-hmm. late high school or college. And, um, and then I also just had a rub with her femininity and I hated it for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I even wrote an article about, um, Sasha fierce feminism. I was like, mm-hmm. well, if that's feminism, I don't want it. Yeah. And I think what I had to reckon with is the fact that, um, she, first of all, as a black woman has given so much voice, so much voice to embodying what she determines she wants to do. I think my rub was in the music. It's probably a larger issue. It wasn't Beyonce. It was a larger issue of rap culture. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't like some of the metaphors of violence that I saw, I thought, well, if you embody this freedom, then why are we inviting someone to beat you? And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It it felt harming and re-traumatizing again. So I think that was my wrestle. I didn't have that language to say it like that. Um, And now, so last night when you played bigger, it was really interesting to me because it was like she was blessing Mm -hmm. a, a new freedom and that art, we're all on a journey. Like if I go back and look mm-hmm. at some of our early songs that we wrote, I don't even believe that uh, yeah. about what I was singing yeah. anymore. <laughs> I think we had this one song when I was going through my Calvinist stage, um, and it was called Jealous God. Mm. And it was just an angry song. Boy, I mean, angry. it truly was an angry song. <laughs> it is angry. But I can bless that. It's yeah. just where I was. And yeah. I was just regurgitating. Yeah what I was hearing. Yeah. So yeah, it's whatever yeah. it's, it's art and it's story and yeah. it's a journey. And so I'm, I'm blessing those mm-hmm. past selves, those candles mm-hmm. I lit last night, those mm-hmm. faces of Emily. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to remember yeah. and then we're going to transform. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. We can't, we can't cast off the no. things that we don't like to remember. I know. Yeah, we lose something really important. In that. And that's so hard for me. Mm-hmm. I like want, like, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad now. This is good now. So let's not yeah. remember yeah. the bad. Yeah. That whole playlist was money. Yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Like, like I, I said it last night, I said this whole scene is playing out like a movie. Mm. Yeah, it really was. It was just. Yeah. I, part of me wished we would have videoed it. Mm-hmm. But it's not like we would have shown anybody. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, that's a very private, intimate mm-hmm. thing. And I didn't even know that it would have translated on yeah, video either. Right, it was right. like, yeah, yeah. I think that was part of just my, mm-hmm. yeah, my awe in the whole evening was just, oh my! I just kept going, oh my god, <laughs> and not in a in the bad way that my mom would be like, Brett, I can't believe you just <laughs> said that. But seriously, like, oh my god, yeah, mm-hmm. you are here and you are showing off Mm, and it's beautiful and yeah very vulnerable it is yeah (laughs) but hopeful and yeah it was death burial and resurrection Mm -hmm. and all Mm -hmm. the things Mm -hmm. good night yeah and i think i think i think there's something of can we invite ourselves to want more wow you know i i think i mean that i know this has been such a cliche um uh, this the expert the excerpt from C.S. Lewis of you know we've settled for mud pies mm. and yet we we're being offered a day at the sea and I I know it's been overused but I I also think there's it's just it's so pertinent to what you're talking about mm. where there's something of oh we're tasting a bit of heaven we're tasting the day on the, um, mm. at sea where it's so much more than just the med- the mud pies that we've settled mm. for and um and that that to me is yeah what what do we do with that mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's it's all provoking and i think it's part of what we're all each of us are invited into mm-hmm. um to these yeah. holy moments well and it's even this kind of thing like um have you ever when somebody says hey, i want to tell you what i went on this trip and they t- try to tell you and like Two minutes in, you're like, yawn. I mean, great for you. Like, I, <laughs> this is probably all I want to talk about it publicly. Sure. I mean, because we could, I per- could try to tell people what happened. Well, 
Yeah, and it's not meant for consumption. Right, Mm -hmm. but I want it, for me at least, Mm -hmm. I want what I experienced on your behalf to influence and inspire my everyday life. Mm -hmm. So it's like all those images, all those, everything that I sensed last night. In regards to your being or in regards to our relationship or our friendships? Maybe all the above because it touched on all those. Like it touched on our marriage. It touched Mm -hmm. on our friendship with our close Mm -hmm. friends. It touched me in ways personally on your behalf. Yeah. It let me see you in ways individually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there was there was just so many facets. Mm. It was like a diamond. <laughs> there you go. With like lots a, of facets. Like a diamond. <laughs> um, so mm. as we think about twenty twenty one, I think that one of the things I'm going to move forward with is, you know, really thinking through how can I create some of these rituals. Um, for my own space and then maybe with our family or with my daughters, especially um, there has been so much loss Mm -hmm. in 2020 and there's so much, even how do we extract like, yeah, the beauty in it or give the losses a name Mm -hmm. and give the losses a physical embodied practice um, so that we don't feel like we have to carry them around like mm-hmm. loads and loads of baggage into 2021. Mm-hmm. Because once we name them and can release and accept, like I feel like part of this ritual is like accepting. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, this is the truth. Yeah. Like, and the blessing is you don't have to carry it around like a weight. The yoke of, mm-hmm. you know, Christ is easy. His burden is light. And it, it's still a burden. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. we're not hearing is that this is still a burden. It just gets lighter. Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. these losses are still burdensome. Mm-hmm. But we can carry them differently. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So would there be yeah. tips or <laughs> tips and tricks? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, I got something for you guys here. For $9.99, you can purchase this. <laughs> yes. Coming on QVC. Um <laughs> I know I'm so prone to like just wanting I don't I don't want to just talk about the concept I really think there's um there's ways we can inspire people to maybe practice Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. well I just did something for um for a church that I think could be very easily Mm. applied to your audience if they want to but um I had them um I think it was dirt and water a washcloth and some oil. Um, so very simple things. and Like essential oil or yeah, like olive yeah. oil? Yeah. Oh, okay. Either. Okay. Um, I think scent is good because it helps us then when we smell it again, mm-hmm. be reminded mm-hmm. of the certain moments. So I think we need our senses to help us, um, help guide us into mm-hmm. um, what it means to experience goodness or holiness or grief, um, whatever whatever is needed. Um, but I had I had them... Think about each month. So starting from um, January and, and, and then with that, like what do you recall from that? What were your hopes? What were mm. you um, anticipating for this year? And then to begin to mark somewhere on their body, whether it's their heart or whether it's their, their voice or their mouth or their eyes, the place where the grief or the joy even, mm. the beauty of what happened in that month for it to be marked. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, January and February, March, um, April, May, so on and so forth, and 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 so for them to just kind of see it, see it made visible. Mm-hmm. There's something about making it visible that I think is a really important um, piece to all of this. Is like will you see where it's marked you, mm-hmm. um, not just in a, an intellectual, but in this phys- very physical way. Like mm-hmm. how have you been marked by this last year? Mm-hmm. Um, and and for it to be containing, you know, it's not that you have to just thrash around and greet, you know. But there's something of um, being honest and naming what has been hard and what's been difficult and, um, but also knowing that you're still here, um, and you've, you've made it, Mm -hmm. albeit it's been hard, but, um, and then taking the water and, um, the washcloth and, and being able to, um, to invite them into like, what is it they need to hear? Um, Mm -hmm. and ask, ask God to, to say, like, to be open to like, what is it that you need to hear? 
um, after you've recalled all of these different months and then for them to begin to wash off in, in mm. some ways symbolizing baptism, mm-hmm. like to be able to be immersed in water, to come out mm-hmm. clean, clean, mm-hmm. um, and then to anoint themselves, you know, for <clears throat> what is, what are you, what are you um, being invited into in terms of this next season, mm. you know, given the constraints, but what, what will you hope for? Yeah. Um, so that's a really simple way yeah. of, of giving people some kind of structure mm. to recall uh, and make meaning out of. Because the one, one of my favorite um, lines is from um, a, a Jewish man, and he says, the secret remembrance, let's see, how does this go? Uh, remembrance is the secret to redemption, um, something along those mm. lines. And so part of what that means is that when we don't give ourselves permission to think about all the different singular experiences, they go kind of untethered. Yeah. Um, so by remembering, we're able to see what is the greater storyline. Yeah. And I think we need that. We need to know that this last year wasn't a waste. Right. Or wasn't just... Um, yeah, just a, a terrible year. Yeah. Like there's something of the meaning of this year that I think we need to invite ourselves into. And so we need to collect and remember to see what is this constellation or what is this yeah. fabric that has been woven now? Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for my life? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we have a better sense of how to proceed yeah. um, into the future. So it's good. One of the things I did last year that some of you may remember was a one-day kind of experience, immersion experience called A Space for Love, where we went through practices. We went through a yoga practice, a massage, a self-touch practice Mm -hmm. through a a massage therapist who was also a trauma therapist. Um, We had an art therapist come, and we did a process there. Uh, we did some narrative story work, and it was just this immersive day of recovering love. And one of the things I did not expect was for 2020 to be what it was. I mean, this was January the 11th oh. of 2020 that we did it. And in March, when the pandemic hit uh, America, is when I recognized, oh, man, like, we're going to have to, like... Mm recall those practices to keep us grounded throughout this year. Um, But I want to do this again. And I know that because of COVID, we can't do the face-to-face maybe experience like we would want to do. But we're really looking at maybe a virtual opportunity to bring um, this experience to a space where we can have you, Heather, take us through kind of a ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so a zoom space for love. Is that what you're talking? A zoom a space zoom for love. Space for love. <laughs> I mean, I know we're all zoom fatigued. It could just be not even zoom. It could be a pre-recorded um, video that we are able to offer as an offering at your own pace. But whatever it is, I just want you guys to know since learning of the power of ritual making and your incredible gift, I have to make this more accessible Mm -hmm. to our Mm -hmm. listeners and to people who might want this. So stay tuned. You don't have to take that out. (coughs) It's like the worst tickle. (laughs) So stay tuned to um, Jesus Said Love because we're going to be launching something like this. So be watching the social meds. Sure. (laughs) For all the things, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. you gotta, here. you gotta have some of that. Yeah. Heather, if someone out there is moved by what they heard today and they want to reach out to you, connect, mm-hmm. explore, invite you, how would they do that? They can go to my website, which is lifeinritual.com. and the site is currently being reconstructed. So right now it's just, you can sign up for the ritual boxes that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, again, wanting to make it more accessible mm-hmm. for people. So They're beautiful, they're, by the way. They are oh my so beautiful. Gosh, they're beautiful. And is that is it a magazine that comes in? It's it? a journal. A journal. Yeah. So it's beautiful. It's a, that will be, it's a, it comes with a, a, a journal that guides you through it, but then there's also an audio guide. Mm. So I will be leading you through yes. the rituals um, <laughs> if you need it. And, and then all the elements that you would need to do the ritual. So it's first topic is reclaiming beauty. 
Um, and there'll be many more topics. But if you need to contact me, should I give my email address? How do, they, how do they contact you through email? So, yeah, yeah. okay. Do so they my, contact you through your website? Well, not current. Is that part, oh, is actually, that part under construction? It that yeah I don't know if my email address is on there it's it's just one page right now for the, the signing up for the virtual boxes so maybe I'll give you my email address but please be use it use it wisely <laughs> um, <laughs> it's h marie stringer at at gmail com and that's h m a r i e stringer s t r i n g e r at gmail so very good yeah. Well, if you're interested, and obviously this isn't for the faint of heart, ritual making and, and inviting you into that. Ritual making can be for anybody, mm-hmm. but inviting you into that, first of all, um, you know, you invest in this. Mm-hmm. This is not a free service. So yeah. I just want yeah. to make that clear. Yeah. This is your work in the world. Wait, and it she's has not going to fly over, all over the she country. She's going to fly all over the country for, for free, free, people. Oh, but does she love Jesus? If she yeah. did, she did. That's oh, right. Yeah. I remember that. Selfish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am very selfish then. <laughs> so, yeah. So just know that if, if, if the cost you feel like you are ready, um, to a point where the cost is worth it to you for your journey and you are ready, then yes, consider a personalized um, ritual that you might want to invite Heather to be a part of. At the very least, though, go buy her Life and Ritual yeah, box on yeah. her website. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> it is worth every <laughs> It was for me. I'm excited. Heather, thank you for joining us. Yeah, yes. thanks for having me. It's really good to be here. Hey, thanks for joining the Jesus Said Love podcast. We are so glad you have chosen to awaken hope and empower change with us. We want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Yes. Because your voice matters. It's how we get this message into the world. And lastly, be sure to follow Jesus Said Love on Instagram and Facebook for up-to-date info. And visit the website at JesusSaidLove.com for how you can join the JSL fam. Until next time. Share the love.